Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Influence. Hi, Joss. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. It's a Monday. I'm going for dinner later, and I'm really excited, which I, I don't usually do things midweek. I'm like very much like midweek. This is the start of the week. <laughs> yeah, but like, like, wait, what do you mean? You said midweek. You don't do things midweek. This is Monday. This is so. I meant this like I don't do things one. during the week. Like I don't plan events like social gatherings during the week. <laughs> I do, I wait until Friday. So sorry to yeah. call you out there. I was just like, hold on a second. Why is it midweek? Do you like somehow are your weeks like Friday to Friday or something? No. Okay. No, that would be just, crazy. <laughs> just checking. What kind of food are you going for? Um, Italian. Very exciting. Ooh. That sounds really tasty. Love a pasta. Love all the gluten. Love all the cheese. Um, I will tell you, I'm going to Costco later. Um, it's it's a really good day to be alive, honestly. I'm really excited. That is exciting. Costco's fun. Costco is like a very, a very adult thing to do. It's like where you go and Costco, like you don't go to a list. Don't, don't go to Costco with a list. You, Costco tells you what you need. Exactly. That's kind of how it's I like feel about it. It's like Target. Yeah, it's like Target. Yeah. Like. If yeah. only we had Target in Canada, I would be there probably every day. But anyways, this is not about Target. This is not about Costco. This is not about your Italian dinner. Joss, we have a really fun episode today. We do. I'm actually, I say this for every episode, but this one I'm super excited for because it's something I'm actually really interested in and sort of passionate about. Um and I think that this is something that's going to be super educational for people at the same time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really, really excited. So just so that we can, I mean, you guys have seen the title, but what we wanted to do with this episode is talk about normalizing injectables and how common treatments like filler and Botox, like what they really are like and what we should actually know about them. Because, I mean, we grew up in that kind of plastic surgery is a whole is like I guess just negative connotation about it and and adjustments that you make make you fake or bad for your health or any kind of stigma that goes with that and Joss you say you're passionate about it can you tell me a little bit about, about why that's the case yeah, because I used to believe in that stigma of like oh my god people getting plastic surgery like you're gonna look like so and so I have like I have like an influencer's face in like in my mind, like no no actual influencer, but I'm just thinking of that like perfect like big lips mm-hmm. type person. And I recently went to our guest who I'm going to introduce and um, I followed her on Instagram and I just learned a lot more about these injectables and how you can do them subtly and how it's actually not a big deal and it's actually very common. So I thought that this would be a really, really interesting episode. So why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest, Joss? I'm so excited. So Belle Yu is a board-certified nurse practitioner who specializes in cosmetic dermatology and medical aesthetics. She's also a YouTuber who creates content surrounding healthy lifestyles, diet tips, makeup, and skincare. Hi, Belle. How are you? Hi. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. We're so happy to have you. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. Of course. I'm really excited. Actually, this theme of like what we're discussing today is kind of totally in line with how I believe, um, you know, injectables should be approached. So I'm really excited just to share, you know, my take on it. Yeah. So, so Belle, what influenced you to become a nurse practitioner 
And did you always want to work in cosmetic dermatology? Um, it was kind of a journey for me to get there, but I think I did always know that I wanted to be in cosmetic derm. Um, I would say probably like in high school is when I started to have, you know, acne and bad skin myself. And so that kind of kickstarted my own research and my journey into just learning more about the skin and how to take care of my skin better. Um, and then I guess the older I got, I started getting more into like wellness and makeup. I also grew up doing art. So um, just the natural progression of things was really interesting because what I do currently, it just kind of combines my passion for wellness and health plus my uh, passion for art because I'm doing, I'm, I think I'm creating like art on people's faces. Um, so yeah, I think that's, it was a really interesting journey how everything just kind of unfolded. But right now what I'm doing is the perfect combination of all my passions. That's really interesting <laughs> the way you explain that, how mm -hmm. you're doing art on yes. someone's face. Yes. Um, I Okay. So I remember you made a post. Um, I don't remember what the post was, but you said something about how like, not every canvas is the same exactly. or something like that. So can you explain that thought process and what you meant by that? Yeah, of course. So when I see a patient come in and they come in for a consultation, I consider their face like my canvas, right? And so everyone's face is different. Um, we all have different anatomy and we all have different issues with how we age. Um, our faces age differently. Um, and we all have different issues that we want to address. So everyone comes in with their own canvas and I consider myself the quote unquote artist. So I look at this canvas and I'm like, okay, when I see a face, I'm like, where does the shadow hit? Where are the highlights? Where can I inject filler and where can I slim down to improve this patient's, you know, overall facial balance and just make them look more mm, symmetrical and more restored. Um, and so whether it be filler or Botox or lasers, that's kind of like my paintbrush. Um, and ultimately, that's my tool for just kind of creating art <laughs> um, and improving the patient's overall appearance. So I feel like people must come to you, though, and they're like, okay, I want to improve myself, but I don't want anyone to know. What is your response to that kind of comment? Um, it's definitely, I think it takes the right... Uh, provider-patient relationship. So everyone has their own standard of beauty or what they perceive as beautiful, right? So I think naturally our practice, if you see the providers and generally how we approach you know, medical aesthetics, we all go for a more natural approach. So I think naturally we attract that type of patient who's like, I just want the very minimal. I don't want anyone to know. Um, and I think that kind of aligns a lot also with my beauty standards is I don't believe in overdone filler or just looking, you know, like Joss said earlier, that Instagram model face, like that's not what I perceive to be beautiful. Not to say that that isn't like, cause everyone has different standards, but you know, that's not what I, that's not how I, that's not what I want to achieve with the patient's face. So definitely I think it takes, you know, just finding the right injector and having them just trust you more. Um, so whether it be like looking at before and after photos or also just looking at the injector's face themselves. Like if they look 
quote unquote crazy to you, then that's probably not a good match, right? So what is, um, I guess, how do you know if someone's not a good injector? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, is that like, yeah, like, I mean, because you say that and it's like, that's actually great advice. But like, how do I know whether I'm going to someone that isn't great? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think part of it is trusting your intuition. Um, When you, I think the first telltale sign is look at their face, right? Because a lot of times, you know, in the industry, we have access to all these samples, I can inject my face with whatever amount of filler I want, but I choose not to because that's not what I perceive to be beautiful. So you know, sometimes we go to these meetings and we see patients who, I mean, we see injectors who are very overfilled. To me, that looks, you know, that's not, it looks a little crazy. So I think it's looking at the provider's face and seeing if your beauty standards are like, are similar um, and also looking at their before and afters um, are really important. And yeah, just seeing if you guys have the similar aesthetic eye. But in terms of like what makes someone a good injector versus not, I probably years of experience and um, aesthetic eye are most important. I have a silly, like a very, very silly question. Yeah. Okay, you say provider injector. Sorry, yes. I don't know the terminology for this because in my head I'm that's like, wait, are they a- injecting themselves? <laughs> um, that's I imagine really no. <laughs> um, they're used inter- interchangeably. Um, providers just, you know, I would say the generic word and then injector could also be your provider. So it, it's, I use them interchangeably. <laughs> okay, cool. I was like, I am missing something here. That's a good question. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, go ahead. Um, I feel like I just like, we like, Jen and I just like jumped the gun yeah. and we just started asking all these questions. So first things first, yes. for someone who doesn't know, what is the difference between Botox and filler? Because I feel like that is like the number one question. I I now kind of know the difference right. because of your Instagram page, but I'm like, <laughs> I used to think they were one in the same. Like I had no idea. I was like filler, Botox, it's just injecting stuff into your face. Yes. Yes. That's such a good question. Um, so a lot of people get confused between the two, but if I were to just kind of explain it very simply, Botox is injected typically into a muscle and when it's injected into a muscle it relaxes that muscle Um, and the way we use it is to prevent um, expression wrinkles from getting more deep set so for example areas where we would put Botox is between your brows where if you wrinkle your brows and kind of frown it creates those 11 lines we also use it on the forehead Uh, for the horizontal forehead wrinkles, around the eyes, for crow's feet. There's also off-label areas where you could do like a lip flip or you can do, you know, injections into the jaw muscle, the masseter muscle, which helps to relax some of the tension in there. So you can think of it as Botox is usually injected into a muscle to relax that muscle's function. Um, Versus filler is an actual volume replacement volume replacer. So filler is made of hyaluronic acid gel typically. um, And we put filler in areas where we actually want to volumize. So that would be like the cheeks, the smile lines, the lips, the chin, the jawline. We can also use filler as like a way to kind of contour um, and just create new shapes in the face as well because it's basically an injectable gel. Got it. Does that kind of... (laughs) 
explain the difference. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, in my head, I was like, I have no idea. They are right. exactly the same to me. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so like, there's just this old school way of thinking of Botox, wow, Botox (laughs) and filler um, that are attached to those like, you know, I I mean, I don't like to use the word botched Mm because I think it's a terrible word, but it was very much a thing. Like, you know, you'd see headlines in magazines like botched boob jobs. And, you know, we all remember what happened to Heidi Montag in whatever year that was. And, and oh I my guess, god, yes. yeah. that's exactly what that's I think what's in your head when I think of like yeah. Botch. Right? That like cat woman. Do you remember her? Like she was all over the news. I don't know. That's well, what I think of. Yeah, right. And like, but that, then again, like after that, they also associated that story with like her being like mentally unstable and doing all of those mm. things, right? So I guess uh, my question is more about kind of like who comes to you and what kind of asks are they do? Like, are they reasonable? Are they not? And are they asking for unachievable things? And if so, where do you draw that line, right? Yeah. Because like, what if someone's like, I want my cheeks to double in size? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Right? Like, I, I'm just curious what kind of like asks that you actually get. Um, it, I would say it's a good mix. There's definitely people who are more reasonable and understand that at the end of the day, I'm not a surgeon. I'm not a magician. I can't really change how you look. I can improve how you're aging and I can enhance your natural beauty, but I can't, you know, filler is a gel at the end of the day. So I I can't, you know, shave your jawline or I can't sharpen your jawline. Uh, It's not a surgery. So I think it comes down to the consultation and really understanding what their expectations are. And sometimes if it's unreasonable, then I'll tell them like, you know, I don't think I can give you what you're looking for. And maybe what you're looking for is more of a surgical consultation. Um, So I think it's really important just to manage patients' expectations at the, you know, at the consultation and see if you guys are a good match there. Um, Because there are times when, I mean, more and more people would bring me either filtered photos of themselves or, you know, a photo of a celebrity and they're like, oh, can you give me this? And it's really difficult for me to work with that because I, you know, with injectables, you're using your, again, your canvas is your natural anatomy and it's really hard to change that through just some injections. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. It does. Okay. It does. Like, <laughs> I, I guess I was, con- uh, I was concerned that people are coming in and having, you know, realistic asks and they say like, can, like, can you fix me? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, but maybe the part two to that is that like, do you ever, do you, do you recognize that there are some patients that come in with like horrible body image and oh, absolutely. a lot of, um, like self-esteem problems and like, is it up to you then to say no Yeah, and here's your resource or something like right. that? So that's it's probably the hardest part of be, my job is when I we call them red flags. <laughs> you know, I've learned with experience now when they have red flags. Usually they come in and they say the first thing is they complain about five other injectors they've already seen. They're like they couldn't give me this, they couldn't give me this, they couldn't give me this. So, oh, okay, in my head I'm like she's hard to please or maybe she has unrealistic expectations. Um second of all, I've had patients come in with their laptop um, and show me 50 images of different lips and printouts of every single celebrity lip and say they want this and this and they want this higher and this higher. And so that's another red flag, right? So 
Sometimes when I see all those red flags go off, it's almost better for me to not inject them. I say, you know what, I just don't think we are a good match. And I think it might be better if you try and find another injector who can maybe give you what you want or looking for, um, or maybe even get a surgical consultation. Because at the end of the day, I've been through this. And if they are giving me red flags and suggesting that they probably have some sort of dysmorphia going on, then it's better off for me to just not inject them because most likely they will complain afterwards and it'll just be more of a you know, problem later on. So yeah, <laughs> but I'll say most of my patients are not like that. It's very rare. That's good. That's, That's also good. a yeah. good sign <laughs> from like, for, for you though, that, like that shows that you're a good inject- injector because I feel like some people just be like, whatever, patients, business, I'll just do whatever. Um, So I know that we discussed patients that, you know, go in wanting um, more than they should. Mm -hmm. What about the patients who are new to this, are new to Botox, new to filler? They're interested for like preventative reasons, but they don't necessarily know what to ask for because they're nervous that they're going to look like that like image. So what do you suggest? um, What do you suggest that these patients ask their providers? Mm -hmm. Or what's a good way to start that conversation? Well, I think the way you you introduced it is a great way, you know, just be like, I've never really done anything before. And I'm here because I want to get started on, you know, maybe aging more gracefully and just learning about the process of aging and what tools you can provide for me. Um, and what treatments I can do to best take care of my skin. Um, because things like Botox, you want to start earlier than later because it has that preventive aspect to it. So I think that's a good way to just start the discussion. And then again, finding a provider where you can trust them not to you know, over-inject you. Um, so going slow and steady, start with the minimum amount of Botox and see how you like that. And then at your next visit you can possibly, you know, increase the dose and maybe try a different area at that time. Um, So it's about just kind of like tiptoeing in. A lot of my first timers will start with maybe just something as minimal as like 20 units of Botox. And then next time they come in, they'll be like, oh, I think I can do a little bit more and I want to try this area next time. And then they'll be like, what do you think about my lips? What do you think about my skin? So it's, it's a, you build a relationship together. And I find that I don't like to be pushy in the start because if it were me, I wouldn't like that either. If I walk in and I'm, I don't know what's going on and they tell me I need to do all this stuff, um, I wouldn't like that either. So it's just about building trust uh, with the patient. Um, and you do little bits and little bit together. And, and then they're like, okay, whatever you think I need, <laughs> let's do it. Right. So, um, yeah, I think finding the right provider. That's- is really important. Um, Jen, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in because I want to ask her a part two to that question okay. and answer. Belle, do you prefer when patients come in saying like, "Do what you want with this face"? Like, what do you think yeah. is best, or do you prefer patients coming in who like have a plan, or they're like, "I know I at least want my lips done, but like, how do you suggest I mm. do this?" I think a good mix is good. Um, I do really appreciate when the patients just like, I want to look better and I don't know what to do. Like, I just trust you. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's, it's a decision that we make together, right? So 
you know, I, I think being open to whatever suggestions I have and then being receptive to that is really important. Um, at the same time, you know, it gives me a good starting point if I'm like, okay, like when you look in the mirror, is there a certain area you'd like to improve so that I have an area we can focus on or we can prioritize so that if we have a budget you're working with, I can be like, okay, if this is the area that bothers you most, let's focus here first and then we'll come up with a plan together because I can have my suggestions, but you know, you're the one looking at your face every day. And if there's a certain part that bothers you more, then we can start there. Gotcha. Yeah. So I am sorry. I have like a million follow-up questions because yeah. I'm, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I have two, it's a two-parter, uh-huh. but I think they're related. Okay. First, first one is you say, you know, come in earlier, the better, yes. like what age is, is that, yeah. um, is my question. And my part two to that is that, you know, budget in mind, mm-hmm. you know, do you then start going every, like, like, I guess the question is, what is the frequency? Yes. And then how long? Cause it's, is it like you start and then you, you keep going for the rest of your mm-hmm. life? That's, that, that's a really good question. So, um, what was your first question again? <laughs> what age? Okay. I'm basically yes. wondering if I am now in the age yeah. and I, or I've missed the boat. Um, no, you did not miss the boat. <laughs> Um, it comes down to how expressive you are. So it's it's hard to give it an actual number when you should start Botox because I have patients in my 40s who are just not very expressive um, that, you know, just don't develop expression lines. And then I have 18-year-olds who are constantly frowning, constantly making like deep expressions. So the best way to know is if you frown or raise your brows and you notice when you've relaxed them, a little line is starting to etch there. That's probably a good time to start. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, yes. I, this is going to be We're going to go to the real. mirror after this. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be like, okay, guys, at this dinner, please tell me if I am frowning and if, like, okay, like, uh-huh. Belle, I don't, I don't want to put yeah. you on the spot. But just looking at Joss yes. and I, can you tell how expressive we are? Um, I... Or can you not tell because of the yeah, quality the of video? Quality is yeah, the quality is not the best. Um, but it, it doesn't scream at me. Like sometimes I'm watching TV and I can't help but be like, God, she needs Botox, you know? <laughs> so it, it's not there. It's, oh my it's God. not nearly there. Jen's essentially asking you to look at both of our faces and Are tell us a what live we No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. We are not putting on the spot. No. But I will say we should invite her to another episode, though, when when she, when she's just watching and not speaking, and then she can just watch our face the whole time. <laughs> oh my god, my eyebrows are moving so much. <gasps> no, no. Oh my gosh. Now we're gonna be. Now we're gonna be looking for it. Um, okay, wait. Sorry, Jen. I we I interrupted okay. you. Okay, your part, part two. That two question was, was uh, how often. Was like how long? How long? Yeah, how yeah. long or yes. how long and how often do you yeah. have to maintain? So this? typically, Botox lasts anywhere from three to four months. So most of my patients are coming in like quarterly. Um, I think that's a good frequency to come in. Although some people come in like every six months or so. It, it's personal preference, but the idea is when you do Botox, when Botox is active, you're not wrinkling your skin because you're not fully contracting your muscle. And it's when you fully contract your muscle that creates that wrinkle in your skin. So you can think of it like when Botox is active, you're not creating wrinkles, right? And then slowly that effect dies down after four months or so, and it just reverts back to how you were pre-Botox. So then you can wrinkle your skin again and that process starts again. So people, you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is, 
oh, if I start Botox now, then when I'm 40 years old, it's not going to work or I'm going to need more. It's actually the opposite because the earlier you start, you're actually training your muscles to not be as active in that area. And so as you get older, you might find yourself needing less. It might be the same, it might be less. But um, it's not something where you suddenly stop Botox one day and you're like quickly aging. No, you just revert back to how you were pre-Botox. And so you can appreciate that during the time when you do have Botox, you're not aging. So that's why people continue doing it is because they love it so much. <laughs> but if you, if you didn't want to continue, yeah. you can just stop at any time. You'll just revert back to pre-Botox state. That's actually a good point because, um, so for anyone, I didn't I actually didn't mention this, but I went to Bell a year ago um, to get Botox on my masseters. Bell, yes. their masseters, uh-huh. masseters, because I've got some big ass <laughs> masseters, guys. So and I like I grind, I grind my teeth constantly, and we put Botox, and it was yes, actually Discord I love this part that mm-hmm. we put in, which is like, yes, which is like an alternative to Botox. Um, and my face, it was really just to stop the grinding of my teeth, but my face actually slimmed mm-hmm. down. Um, and it was because I just I just stopped grinding my teeth. It wasn't like something that made my face yes. smaller. It was just stopping like the mm-hmm. muscle. Um, and now it's back it's right. been a year, but that is similar to that. And also an example of getting Botox um, to not necessarily yes. young. There are other reasons to get uh-huh. Botox. Um, but... I did, I did also want to ask, so for someone that is still a little uneasy with the idea of like yeah. needles or um, getting Botox or fillers, they just quite yeah. aren't there yet, but they want to take care mm-hmm. of their skin. Do you have any suggestions for alternatives oh my God, yes. um, or like what they can do or other things? Absolutely. That- absolutely. You know, a lot of times pe- people come in to see me and it's funny because they think that Botox and fillers are the only way to look young. It's absolutely not the case. Uh, I would say first off, like having a good uh, skincare routine at home is probably somewhere and anyone can start. Um, So that includes like your vitamin C, your sunscreen, your retinol, definitely have those um, things that you're doing every single day, regular facials. Um, And then for me, I love lasers. I love laser and microneedle. Um, Those are things where, you know, I always think skin first because if your skin looks clear and radiant and smooth, I think that makes you look more youthful than getting cheek filler, for example. Um, Because again, I'm all about aging gracefully, right? So in fact, I don't have any filler in my face, but I do get like small amounts of Botox, just preventive. And then I stick to, I do, I'm very consistent with my lasers, microneedling and facials. Um, because for me, it, it, it doesn't make sense if a patient comes in, they're like, I want all this, I want filler here, I want, I want a sharp jawline, but then they're covered in sun damage or their pores are congested and things like that. For me, I think in that instance, taking care of your skin will make you look more youthful um, and more beautiful than doing filler. So absolutely, I think you know some of my younger patients, you don't even need to get filler right away. It's just you know, starting with the retinol, the sunscreen, the lasers. And then down the line, if you have areas of volume loss, you can, you know, start to do little bits here and there. 
But again, it's it's comprehensive. I don't think it's just filler and Botox. Yeah. Right. And that made me think about how I, I imagine some people would come to you or in general when it talk when they talk about, you know, making improvements to their to their the health of their face. Do they ever come to you and say, Am I too late? Or have I missed the window? I think that goes for skincare mm-hmm. in general, as well as, as you know, some of these preventative yeah. things. But I'm just curious, like, is there ever a, a no, too late? I don't think so. Because, I mean, I always think the earlier you start, the better. But there's no too late because at, well, with, with expression lines, there is a too late. For example, you know, if I had a lady come in in her like 60s and her lines were just so, so, so deep set. At that point, like, is it really worth doing Botox? And I said to her, you know, are you going to continue doing this every four months? Because if it's a one-time thing, you're kind of not using your money the best way possible because it's not going to reverse all these years of wrinkling that you've been doing. Um, so I ended up doing a laser on her because I felt like that was more of a that was going to give her more value rather than a one time Botox if you weren't going to continue it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that makes yeah that makes sense. Um, God, I feel like we can ask you a million million right. more questions, um, but. You know, right. we have to end the episode. <laughs> um, I, I last mm-hmm. question though regarding this is, what are the most common misconceptions um, that you get when being an yes. injector, um, a provider, working mm-hmm. in this industry? I would say just a negative stigma associated with Botox and filler. Immediately, as soon as I say I, I do Botox or filler, a lot of people assume that people you'll look crazy when you do it. Um, and that's not the case at all. Uh, you only notice bad Botox and bad filler because when it's done in a tasteful, you know, natural way, it should be undetectable, right? And so that's kind of the goal of, you know, what I do in this industry is just to show that it can be done in a natural way and in a way that's like, you know, you you get braces done to cosmetically enhance your, your look. You can get a little bit of Botox and filler to also cosmetically enhance you. But we're not here to change your, your look in any way. Um, and again, like we talked about, if a patient comes to me and tries to change how they look, then I'm probably not the right injector for them. Um, so yeah, that's probably the biggest misconception. And a lot of people, once they start following me on Instagram and start seeing some of the work that I do, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know that you could do it like this. Right. So I'm glad that (laughs) for Joss, at least like, you know, it's kind of clarified some of the misconception and just made it more approachable what made it more like, oh, you know what, actually, I want to look into this a bit more. Like maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. Right. Yeah, we we're gonna link your, <laughs> all of your handles and whatnot in the description. But I will say, guys, w- looking at <sighs> Bell's before and after posts are like the oh most addicting thing because it's so <laughs> it's so you. subtle, and you're like, oh, this person just looks like they exactly. had two months of sleep. Like it doesn't even look <laughs> like they got anything done. They just look right. like refreshed. And I'm like, where, where? What did you do? Like, how did you do it? So it's the most of like thank my you, biggest obsession. You. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's two months of sleep. That's actually really yeah. funny. 
So we like to finish every episode with um, talking about something person, place, person, place, or thing that's currently yes. influencing us. Um, so Joss, I'll put you on the spot to go first. Okay. <laughs> I hate when you do this. But <laughs> I always think of something, but it's always like, I always think it's not good enough when we're about to record this part. But um, yesterday I went to um, – the Rose Bowl flea market for the very first time, which um, for anyone that doesn't live in LA, it is a gigantic once a month outdoor flea market that they put on um, at the Rose Bowl, which is a stadium in Pasadena. And I think I'm now obsessed with like oh. antiquing and buying <laughs> like vintage items, which I like. I love the concept of thrifting. I know that it's, you know, it's obviously better for the environment and whatnot. I just cannot step inside a Goodwill. At least the Goodwills like in the area mm -hmm. I live in are really gross. Um, so I'm just like, I was never into that. But going to a flea market um, is different to me. I don't know. It, it was so exciting. I feel like you can find such like really cool treasures. And I really believe that like, you know, that saying like one person's trash is another Mm -hmm. man's treasure, treasure whatever that yeah. is yeah. whatever that thing is um that's why i was like wow this is true because like what's this story what's the story of this doll that's here i don't know i just thought it was really fun um and now it's like my new obsession so i think i'm gonna start looking oh. for antique stores that's my thing <laughs> that's yeah. fun what did you what did you yeah. get yesterday though did you buy anything we did we got some like old photos like paintings and frames like different types of like old frames um because i'm building Ooh, a gallery wall so fun. i think it's cool to have a gallery wall and like each picture has like a story you're like oh we got it from this place as opposed Very to saying cool. i got it from like target or something yeah you know? no, I, that is super cool i like that a lot yeah um, um Bella, okay, how Jen, about you go next i'm gonna ask oh, Bella okay, go next that's me? okay okay Bella, we'll go next. Um, i guess well this was even before the met gala but um, I've been really inspired by Marilyn Mon Monroe these days. <laughs> and you know how there was that whole like uh, discussion about Kim wearing her dress and whatnot. But um, I just, I, I don't know, I just feel really influenced by her. I just feel like she truly embodies like such, you know, feminine energy. And I just love just watch. I've been watching a lot of her movies lately. Um, and yeah, I because of that i've been listening to a lot of like old like 50s type of music like jazz and it's really fun <laughs> Ooh, i love that that's like a true yeah. influence it's like changing like all the other right, things that right. you're interested in i love that i was just gonna say that is true influence <laughs> right there and it's and like the inf influence of music influence of art influence of fashion all all really mm -hmm. impactful things very cool okay jen what's yours okay so Guys, I have a I have a big one today, and I don't have big ones very often. Um, and wait, Belle I need to st I need to just before you start, Jen. One time, Belle. One time, Jen said that a photo of Zac Efron was influencing her. So when she says that this is big, I oh no, this is this is big. Okay, let me tell you, the story ends right now. The story ends with someone is pregnant because of the podcast. Okay. Wait, what? Wait, yeah. What? Yeah. Did we? Wait. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Okay. So, Belle, last season um, on Influence, we brought on a fertility okay. specialist and the owner of a prenatal vitamin company mm -hmm. called Burden B. 
Over the weekend, <gasps> I found out that a friend of ours, and Joss, we can talk about it after, a friend of ours listened to our episode, got prenatal vitamins for herself and her husband, and they are now Stop. expecting a baby. What? Oh my God, because of our episode? That because of amazing. our episode. Oh my God. Okay, fine. You're right. Hands down. That's probably the best. <laughs> like, I've never had a better one, right? Yeah, that's I know. amazing. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So over the weekend, I was like, like freaking out in excitement. And I was like, going to text Joss. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm doing this live on the podcast. podcast. <laughs> Someone is pregnant because of the podcast. We'll talk about who after Joss. Um, okay. But yeah, that is what's currently influencing wow. me. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, there's Should nowhere I to go from here. Today? That was a great, great ending. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Right, right. Well, anyways, Belle, thank you so much for coming oh, on our podcast. We probably have to do a part two, I'm not going to gonna lie, because like th- this is like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. But this is really the tip of the iceberg, Joss, because we have so many, like, and we do this with a lot of our episodes where like we start talking about this stuff, we start getting into, you know, our, our burning questions, and then we just mm-hmm. have more and more. So I hope mm-hmm. that someone who is listening to this podcast either would love to go see Belle, which I highly recommend, or yes. just in general knows more about this field so that, that they can go and you know do their own research and seek out someone to help them if they are not in the LA area. Um, so all that said, Belle, thank you so much for coming on and we'll see thank everyone you. next week. Thanks guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Influence. As always, please find us on Instagram and TikTok at InfluenceThePod and leave us a podcast review on your favorite podcasting platform. See you next week. Thank you.